if I'm an investor and I pay $2 billion for a company that's going to take my money, is going to use six and a half to seven million of that to put a QR code during the freaking Super Bowl that, when scanned, brings them to the freaking founder's Twitter, I'm going to be pissed, right? <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 14 of the Tavern Shark Tank of the Metaverse, where Web3 Gaming projects pitch to the leaders and VCs in order to get funding, but also direct and transparent feedback. Today, I am with uh, Will, who is from a Bloodborne and Misfits Gaming. I'm with Nico, uh, his partner at Beatcraft and, and, Fogged, and founder of FogDAO, and Ilya, also partner at Sanctor Capital, Web3 Gaming Fund and actually crypto form, as I learned it in our last interview. Uh, so today we'll have, as usually, a, a pitch uh, from the Web3 Gaming projects, but we'll start with a little discussion on the hot topic. Uh, and I know uh, it's actually, we have a disagreement here uh, between me and Nico. We started to discuss he, uh, this yesterday in one of the town square of Fogdao. So, you know, it's a great place if you want to to, to discuss in, the, in their Discord and join and, you know, talk about the industry, look at decks and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Uh, also a good place to disagree. So it's about the DG Daigaiku uh, commercials at uh, the Super Bowl. So I think uh, uh, I'm not going to reveal my position or Nico's. Uh, first, I would like to hear from the others uh, here. So maybe, uh, Ilya, you can start. What is your take on that? I think if the purpose was to get the industry talking about this, well, I think for the past few days, everybody's been talking about it. Um, positive or negative is a different is a different point, but I think everybody's been talking about it. Now, my opinion on this, I want to preface with, I think, you know, the guy has done enough in his career to earn the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I think that that is where, you know, you know, we'll see what happens. But as far as what took place to this point, I think that there are better ways to spend this money. And particularly if the goal is to get non-crypto audience looking at Web3 games, it is it almost feels like what happened is the embodiment of why traditional gamers are wary of Web3 gaming. Um, you know, you, <laughs> you try to get excited about something, but there is no like real gameplay footage, really. There's no like real information. And when you go to this, you scan this thing, you go to the guy's Twitter page. It's, it's, it's just, it's a little odd. It, it feels like, like a lot of the, like a microcosm of a lot of the things that people find wrong with our industry. Uh, and so without context, I think it comes out basically as a net negative. Um, but again, I preface this with, He's done enough in his career to earn the benefit of the doubt. Interesting. Maybe Will, you can go and actually it's an I, open discussion. So people I was going to say maybe I, I missed this. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Um, I've been heads down in product recently, so would love a, a recap, but don't have too much to add. Obviously. All right. So the, the actually so the Digidai Gaiku uh, is a is a project, so a mobile game that's going to be developed by Limit Break and the CEO 
I think it's Gabe Layden is uh, is was a co-founder of, of Machine Zone before. It's a huge background in, in gaming, and he's been chilling to the whole community. Is a Super Bowl ad that costed uh, approximately seven million dollars. That's what has been said in, on, on Twitter, and that has been kind of a uh, something oh, that drove the, the community with, a lot. With the giant QR code in the middle. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is the one with the giant QR code. So what happened is it's been it's been chilling that for months. And uh, full disclosure, at Crypto Gills in our treasury, we own, we own NFTs of uh, Digital Gecko. Uh, and and I made the decision to purchase because of the commercial, obviously, because I'm very smart. And I saw that was before the crowd. Anyway, um, any, so any PR then what is, happened is, is that he made the commercial. So, so he made the commercial. Uh, what happened was there was like, basically it was very short. It was not great uh, visually. Uh, and, and what happened was a big QR code and you could scan it and you could mint uh, out of 5,000 dragon eggs, but all of them were went out super fast and all the, as soon as it was minted, people were redirected to his uh, Twitter account. And everybody complained that it was really bad onboarding process. It was uh, bad uh, visuals. And I mean, it was, it was not well thought uh, all the way, which sure. I agree, it's not, it was not the best. What my contrarian saw, thought on that is that they, they because they chilled as this super bowl ad for for many months they managed to generate some big community effect and some volume on their on their nft collections so i think out of the royalties they have a 10 percent royalty fee they already made uh, i think it's about five million dollars they made on their uh, collection royalty fee so they they're not far from making their money back from the from, from from the commercials and i think the commercial has been a huge part of increasing volume in the collection. So what I'm saying that overall, it's not so bad. Everybody's talking about them. They have lots of followers and they are making some money. So maybe they'll get their money back. I think for the the macro goal of converting people to to Web3 gaming or getting them familiar, I'm sad that this was mm-hmm. the project that got pushed in front of them. This felt like a crypto-free, you know, Super Bowl, and and it's a time where people really don't want to have crypto shoved in their face. So the fact that we did do it, and it wasn't a game that was just like absolute perfection, what we expect out of you know Web two quality esports and stuff like that, I think is more damaging than it is positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's unfortunate. Looking at it now and looking at the project. What about Unico? The way I think about it is. I'll give you the short hot take, right? If I'm an investor and I pay $2 billion for a company that's going to take my money, is going to use six and a half to seven million of that to put a QR code during the freaking Super Bowl that, when scanned, brings them to the freaking founder's Twitter, I'm going to be pissed, right? (laughs) I'm not saying it's objectively like a bad thing. I'm just saying that the opportunity cost of that ad, like what they could have done with it is is massive. Like this was just like, look, it might have a, a beneficial effect to the project and it might drive up volumes, which by the way, I don't think are an indication of success at all because all of these volumes are driven again by speculative, speculative fever or fervor. It's what you did, Jamie, right? You knew that it was going to come to the Super Bowl. So you decided to buy it because you thought that the yeah. price was, would go up. Um, exactly. And so That's I think I, I think what happened not, here not financial is, advice is like a bunch of what happened here is exactly what's wrong with the space right now. And so um, I'm um, I'm happy I I'm not involved at all. Like my bags are are far away from from Gabe. I I know he knows what he's doing, and it's you know maybe controvert like controversy is his thing, right? 
-hmm. So again, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that with that money and that amount of hype that he was making around it, they could have done something better. That's my take. But I mean, the guy is famous for monetizing highly a, a smaller set of players, right? So that's kind of what he's been doing. Maybe it's a, the target was not the Super Bowl audience. The target was people like me in the community um, speculating on that. Maybe. But the thing is that the the hype from the Super Bowl is gone, right? There's no anticipation anymore. And so now yeah, it's true. it's it, there's, there's zero, zero value that comes from the anticipation of a shitty or a potentially shitty um, ad, right? And so the, the six and a half million is spent. And the total volume, so it's not volume, like not all of the volume was driven by the anticipation of this ad, True. right? It's True. going to be at best, at best is going to be half. And so... Yeah, it's um, it, until now it, it seemed to be a net negative result. I mean, he did get a bunch of extra followers, pretty expensive followers, probably. But yeah, I just feel like this builds a lot of additional expectations for what the game needs to be, um, mm -hmm. because well, one like I I think the last kind of like I don't I don't watch Super Bowls that often, but I think the last one and don't quote me on this, but I believe one of the Clash of Clans came out as one of like one of the first games to do a commercial during the Super Bowl. And that looked a little bit different, right? Um, and, you know, as Nico mentioned, there was so much that could have been done and it didn't have to be even over the top, but there's so much that could have been done that could have been a, a net positive for the industry as a whole that, you know, you know, to Will's point, like this, like the fact that this represented, you know, Web3 gaming is, is a little scary. Because now, like, as an industry, we have to answer for this. And this could be financially beneficial for Limit Break. But, mm -hmm. like, for, for the industry as a whole, like, we have to answer for this now. If we're, if we're going to put any foot forward right now into the public eye, like, like the Clash of Clans ad you're talking about at the Super Bowl, they had Liam Neeson on it. Like, there's an element of we're trying. We're, we understand commercial viability and we're trying. Sticking a giant QR code and relatively basic graphics around a game and saying come by because it's hype is just like the last thing we need right now so yeah net negative in my opinion all right i think yeah we we kind of sum it up i so i think that what i think also is going to be uh, pretty beneficial for them is i know they're chilling their platform like free nft something like that a lot and they're they're trying to push this model of everybody should give free nft to uh, to everybody and that's going to be a uh, uh, like the new model, basically. So maybe that that, that will have a, an impact. We'll, we'll see how it goes from there. But this, the general sentiment, I have to agree, is, is pretty pretty negative. I think overall it's not so bad. But maybe we're like you're not the the target audience. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. All right. So we'll uh, welcome the the. The person, the game developer pitching today, it's uh, Simon from uh, Mixmob. So welcome with us. Perfect. Put your seatbelt on. Let's get ready for the ride. So hello, everybody. My name is Simon. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Mixmob. I've been in the game world for about 15 years, and I'm about to tell you all about Mixmob. So Mixmob is a game universe on remix culture, and it revolves on the one premise. What would you do if an AI deleted our entire culture? So under that premise, what we believe is a bunch of crypto hackers took whatever they could 
and went underground and started a revolution. But before we fight the AI, we build these robots and we race them. So that's our first game. It's a car battle racing game. And I'm going to show you the strategy, how we got there, and some, some where we're going. So the strategy is we wanted to create an original mid-core game first, something that we could ship fast. We didn't want to promise like a AAA game. We all come from games and we know how hard it is to start a AAA game and how much time and money it takes. So that was the promise and that's what we delivered. We'll show you in a bit. Our focus in our user-generated content, we believe that's the future. And we want to build towards that AAA hardcore game that appeals to an action adventure type and we can reuse all the learnings and the assets from the first mid-core game. So that's the strategy we've been developing for about a year and a half. Here are the key highlights of development. We've shipped three alphas, successful alphas. We grew the studio from six people all the way to 40 people. We sold out our first NFT collection, 5,000 of those in less than a day in December uh, 2021. And over 60% of our NFT holders participate in our alphas and we have an average session length of 31 minutes. And that's all about this game. So uh, we, we launched, this is Razer One, and we wanted to bring the innovation to the space. And so this is the kart strategy, picture Clash Royale meets Mario Kart. And we shipped, these are the three alphas we have shipped. I'm gonna show you the game loop of how this works in terms of the digital items. You need your token, your game token, to purchase cards or, NF uh, or your robots. You go and purchase your arena entry fee. You go race against your opponents, deploy your strategy. Depending on how you do, you either win or lose, but you're going to either earn or go into the marketplace and purchase items. You're gonna back, come back and do the loop again. That's the gameplay loop. You can also swap tokens to our governance token uh, to be launched. But what happens there is you can stake and when you stake your, your governance token, you actually get yield in the gameplay token. So that's one innovation we're bringing to the space. And then by also having the governance token, you can participate on uh, special arenas, races, and rewards. We already have a product mix in the market. We have our Razer One game. We have a store. We have NFTs. We built a live uh, uh, platform where players can watch other players and bet and chat. We have an invite referral program. We have our Mixlab, which is our first user-generated content. Uh, and we have leaderboards and tokens. You have to rub it up. All right, my friend. So right now we're building towards our MMO, which is this is the, the first kind of uh, screen. And this is where we're going. We're going to build on our success. First crypto game, top crypto game. We want to span on our infrastructure, work with global brands, establish as main franchise. We have a great team, come from Halo, Battlefield, we are backed by top VCs, and any questions, let me know. All right, all right. I think it's a fantastic uh, pitch. I really liked it. Very, very clear. Understood. Thank you. Uh, uh, everything. So good energy as well. Um, okay, maybe Will, you can start. Uh, is there any way to reshare the screen just to focus in on that one slide, or is that not possible, Jeremy? Sure, sure. We can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Would, you, would you mind just pulling it back to your kind of four-step plan there? You had, I saw sponsor arenas. Appreciate it. Okay. Can you walk me through this a little bit? For sure. So the part one of the next 24 months is we've been developing for a year and we're building in public with the community. We have about 30,000 people in our community across all our social channels. And 
they are active in our community. So we want to build on top of that success. We want to upgrade Mixmob Razor One, the game that we've been shipping with we've shipped three alphas, to become the number one mainstream crypto game. Mm-hmm. And so that's part one. Make sure that that game is proven, the IP is proven, and and then just go full on mainstream. Mm-hmm. Then part two is span our infrastructure. So capitalize on all the assets, tech from that first game, and then go into our battle, uh, our car battle royale, big okay. MMO, uh, with user-generated content. Because that's that's the sure. that's the vision there. Just just to be conscious for time, can you go back two slides as well to the product mix? Because um, that that kind of answered my question. What you kept saying. So I guess my question is: Looking at your existing product mix, this is great. I love the fact that you've expanded the IP into. You, you understand that user generated content's a big part of this. You've gone horizontal and vertical at the same time, but you're capturing every touch point with your customer. Mm-hmm. When I look at this, the minute you said, "And we're building an MMO," that scared the shit out of me. Um, mm-hmm. You have so much you're doing here, and it makes a lot of sense to stay within this mini game competitive jump in and play type style i don't see mmo as a style of game fitting into this um so i'm curious one why an mmo and two do you see a world where you just stay within this lane you develop racer one more racing games etc hey that's a great question so the vision here has always been mixed mob is a franchise is picture uh nintendo mario right so what happens here, the, the, the big vision is Razer 1 is picture the Mario Kart of the Mario franchise. And what we're doing with Razer 1 is validating the IP, validating the story, all the things that we talked about. So when, when I say MMO, I'm not promising an MMO in six months or, you know, we all know how long it takes to build an MMO, but that's the big vision. Sure. So we, that's where we want to go is... Picture you go into into this world and you can pick if you want to go and compete against others in a racing game or if you want to go into a battle royale. uh, And our key premise in our universe is these cards, um, obviously using the blockchain to store the cards and own your assets. Cards make some big makes total sense. So imagine you go to this world, you decide to go to Razor 1, and, and compete there, or you can go and play Battle Royale uh, with your cards and strategy. Okay. I'll, I'll pass to Nico just to be conscious of time. Thank you, though. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Will, and thank you, Simon. Great presentation. Um, I'm, I'm jealous of your backgrounds. Where are you calling in from? <laughs> Thanks. I'm in, right now, I'm in Medellin, Colombia. Ah, um, but I'm originally, I'm, I'm, I'm originally from here, but I'm based in Vancouver, Canada. I'm just visiting the team and and family right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, what did you do before Mixmob? So before Mixmob, I've I've worked at uh, Electronic Arts. Um, actually, before, after Electronic Arts, I work at PokerStars. Um, so I've been in the game world for about fifteen years now. Got it, got it. So, will I'm, I'm gonna slightly disagree with what will said about the your product vision and the fact that you have three alphas and that you're going you know vertical and horizontal um one of the main problems we see or or one of the main reasons why companies early stage companies fail is because of a lack of focus Mm -hmm. right it is really hard as you know with your experience in the gaming industry to to make a good game 
And the moment you, like what you've told me is that you're, you have three alphas out there. You're also working on an MMO. You also have a bunch of stuff happening around that. And you want to have UGC within what what you're building as well. Um, that's a, like, there's a lot of stuff happening, right? Um, hey, three, 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 sorry to interrupt. Three alphas of the same game though. It's like, so we've been building upon each alpha. So the first alpha was released in uh, April, 2022. We collected a bunch of data and then we closed the game. We built on all that feedback from the community, launched a second alpha in September, 2022, collect with all the improvements of alpha version one to, the, to our NFT holders, collected that feedback and now we just launched Alpha V3. And by the way, all of this is gated, is NFT gated, and our NFT holders can actually uh, invite. That's why we have our invites part of the product mix. Our NFT holders can invite other players to play. But the future, obviously, is going to be a freemium component to it. But for now, I just wanted to clarify that. It's not that we have three different alphas right now. It's we're just build, building on top of each alpha with the feedback from the community. Okay, I appreciate that. What can can you tell me about um, some of the KPIs that you got from your alphas and how they've improved? Yeah, absolutely. So here's some key metrics. Um, so we have a, a participation rate of about sixty five percent of our NFT holders. We integrate our referral program to test the referral factor, and so we have a referral factor of two point seven. So for one people, one person, we've we've uh, from Alpha V two. We've, we've realized that we get about 2.7 people, so three people uh, for one person. The average session from Alpha V2, and this is pretty cool. So from V1, we had about 14 minutes, uh, and V1 was single player. V2 was multiplayer, and we got an average session of 31 minutes. So there was a big improvement there. We asked our community to quali you know, qualitative or quantitative uh, rate our, our our game and they give us a 4.6 out of 5 which is pretty cool and this one is my favorite one so we have leaderboards as you saw in the product mix uh, for the game and our top fans spend about 14 hours in four days on 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 the game which is pretty impressive so i just wanted to show you that what can you tell me about average daily sessions yeah so right now for for v3 we have about uh, so yesterday we had three three hundred uh, average daily sessions per user, yeah. though. Uh, yeah, unique users. No, no. So, my question is: so I'll tell you what I'm thinking when I see this, right? Tell me. You, it's token gated, which means that you need to own an NFT in in order to participate. For me, that sure. results. Is is that correct, Simon? Yeah, but by yeah. design. So because we yeah. want capture the, the 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 info first from our core community but this is going to be open uh so yeah. by beta this will be freemium component to it so for these reasons I, I don't know what they had to pay for these nfts maybe they got them for free but participation rate and referral factor don't say much because i don't have any comparables right uh quality score again you're it's pretty biased right they want to you know, they want to like it because they've literally like they're invested in the product, which is also a good thing. But it's just that sure. this doesn't tell me a lot about the quality of the game. Um, and so what I'm interested in, in knowing is how many average daily sessions per user do you have? Ah, per user. So right now, I don't have that exact information. Um, what I can tell you for Alpha V3 is exactly like we have daily active users of about 300. Um, 
average about 200 if you put everything together. Now, the key thing here is, remember, uh, when, when we launched these alphas, for alpha v2, multiplayer was, because we need player liquidity, as you, as you know, right? Uh, multiplayer, the, we gated the sessions. So multiplayer was only open for about two hours a day to just to bring that liquid player liquidity. So what we want to ca capture here, and just to, to give you more context on what you're saying, we, we dropped our first NFT collection in December. So 5,000 of those sold out. Uh, we have about 2,000 unique NFT holders. And what happens there is um, we launched our NFT. It was when Solana was high. So 200, the average cost of our NFT at the time was 200. Right now it's two sold, which is 40 bucks. Um, and then so the referral factor, you know, I hope, I hope that gives you more context. Um, so, yeah. So I just wanted to clarify those things. Okay. Um, finally, what, what's your ask? What are you looking for? Yeah, so right now, so we raised 7.5 million in, in January of 2022. Um, we have runway for about 12 to 14 months. The, the, the reason I'm here is I want, to, I, I want to present this pitch to all of you so that we can start the conversations of the, the next phase of uh, Mixmod. And my hope is that this intrigues you enough so that we can continue com talking and, and uh, you know, seeing where, where things are at from your side and our side. Okay, so you don't know yet what you're going to be asking for. Is that what you're telling me? Well, we know roughly how much we want to ask. So it's, it's a range between 15 to 30 M to create the MMO and grow, grow the team and go into the next 24 uh, months with these parts but like i said we have we have 12 to 14 months and the the key thing here is back to your point um we want razor one to be a number one crypto game um right now so we're just starting the conversations to to see the 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 interest where people are at um but in terms of funding we like i said we have 12 to 14 months of, of funding right now Last question, and then I can pass it on to Ilya. How much have you raised until now? And you can include NFT sales uh, and, and, and IDO if you have a liquid token. Sure, I'll, I'll give you some context there. So our first round, our angel round was about 800K. Um, we raised from top angels like Arthur Hayes, Alex from Nansen. So we have pretty, pretty great uh, angels uh, in the space, Lao Brothers, um, people that are really crypto crypto savvy and native. Uh, the second round uh, in January was 7.5 uh, M and at 75 mil valuation. And, and then we sold out our NFT collection and we raised about 2, mil, 2 M uh, from at that, at that time. We kept everything in Seoul. Uh, so obviously from the NFT side, um, that, that is, is, a, is a different valuation right now, obviously. But uh, that's the total combine of, of races we've done. Thank you. Ilya? Pleasure. Yeah. Great questions, by the way. Th thank you. Thank you for your presentation. And um, I, wanted, I wanted to ask what... So first of all, in terms of the game itself, is it you know desktop, mobile, console? Like, What's the focus in terms of devices? Yeah, good question. So right now, our full focus 
uh, has been desktop. So you literally can go to Mixmob, uh, uprising Mixmob.io and just start playing, hook up so your- browser game. Yeah, browser game. But okay. that being said, uh, Solana is one of our investors as well. So right now we're just, our focus is mobile. So we're really focusing on taking that game into mobile right now and we're pretty close. Okay. Uh, you mentioned, you know, because you're on Solana, is this, you know, are you trying to kind of coordinate that with Saga in some way? Like what, why, why did you mention Solana specifically? Well, they, they, are, they are investors and also our game is on, on Solana network. It's powered by the Solana network. So all our NFTs are in the Solana network. And um, yeah, so we're in contact with Solana, obviously, and Saga is, they're going to be a, doing a big push and we're definitely going to be part of that. Got it. Um, you know, you mentioned you have 200, 300 daily active users. Is that correct? Correct. Right now for Alpha V3. What's the total number of, what's the size of the player base right now? So in, can you be more specific, like in our social? What's or... your monthly active users? Okay. So monthly or... active users. So we've been... Rather, all of the, how, how many total unique players have played across your, all of your alphas? Okay, that's a good question. So, um, first alpha was 1,700. Second alpha was about the same. Uh, so, that's about 3,400. And so far in this alpha, we have 1,800, and we've been on, only open for about 20 days. Got it. Okay. Uh, and when you're looking at kind of the gamer market, what's, what's the target kind of genre or rather target gamer base, who are you going after? Uh, because your, your, your idea was, as I understood it, you know, finish up, polish up this game and then go, you know, broader market. Who, who are you going after? Who's that gamer? Yeah. So right now the strategy for, for these alphas is a Solana gamer. We want to really carve that niche and, and, and make the game really good based on that niche. Um, so Solana, obviously Solana users, because the game is Solana-based right now, that are into games. More specifically, obviously our game is a robot racing car game. So players that like cards and race, racing, so strategy and racing. Uh, and, and it's very competitive. So uh, it's multiplayer. You have to buy your entry fee. And the more you win, the more you, you, know, you get your entry fee back, plus... Uh, the entry fees of others, so it's it's very competitive, and and so that's that's the first target right now. Uh, the the idea, obviously, from here is to move to Web three, Web two that are curious about Web three. We want to bring all those players for beta and for public launch. Obviously, once our game is the Razor One is really stable, and we've polished it to the point that we can just go full on Web two. That's the strategy there. Got it. Uh, how long have you worked together on publishing games as a team before? Yeah, absolutely. So I worked on FIFA 14, 15, 16, 17. I worked on no, no, no. I mean, as a team, like your current studio, have you shipped games together before? Yes. So we're five founders and we've all worked at different stages in our career from Facebook games together. To Not the five founders, but Oh. So that's what I mean. Have you worked together before? Is this your first? Is this your first experience working together? So, as the five founders collectively, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Um, and then what I'm curious, what do you estimate the total Solana gamer base to be right now? So the total Solana gaming base, uh, gamers base right now. So there's about two M wallets. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty niche, but, uh, 200,000 people, um, 400,000. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, and what percentage of that do you think you can take as you polish up that game? Yeah. So right now, all, you know, all our players are, are Solana based, right? So, um, we're confident that we can take a, a big pie of that. In fact, for our alpha right now, alpha V3, we're up probably about the top two or three of daily active wallets in, in the gaming, uh, side. So we're confident we can definitely conquer the, the space. Okay. Um, I have, I have a little questions, but I want to be respectful of the time. So, uh, thank yeah. you so much. Great questions. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'll just jump in to, to know, to understand what is your monetization uh, pass? How do you calculate the lifetime value of your users? Is it like primary sale? Then you have royalty fees. How does that work? Yeah. So let me show you right now. So right now there are two things for alpha V3, we're selling bundles of, of our in-game token. So we're, we have 5% conversion of players that come play and buy a bundle. Now, remember, this is alpha V3, which is the UX is not perfect. Things are still sort of, sort of broken. So 5% of our players buy a bundle so they can enter a race and compete. And, um, you know, they, depending on how well they do in the arena, they will earn either their entry fee back or more. So our monetization strategy right now is through uh, selling bundles and NFTs, right? And then you have royalty fee on your uh, NFT or no? Yes, we have 5% on our NFTs plus also entry fees on, on the arena fees. So on the arena cost, sorry. So there's arena cost, we get 10% uh, of that. We have 5% of NFT royalties and we also sell the, the token bundles. Do you have a capacity to estimate what percentage of your earnings will come from primary sales of the bundle versus the, the secondary sales of NFTs? Can you already estimate that or, or no? So right now it's, it's quite early. So that's why we're releasing all these alphas to just to learn and validate. Um, but mm -hmm. the key thing here is First of all, we wanted to know if players will actually buy bundles of our in-game currency and it's showing that players are interested on that. And we're getting some really cool insights uh, in terms of like some are really keen to play and, and kind of like risk that. Because remember, you're risking, you're risking your token when you come here and mm -hmm. raise. And so we're, we're realizing that um, you know, a percentage of that wants to risk it and the other percentage actually wants to keep it to change it for MXM. So we have those two okay. we have the speculators and we have the players, which is pretty cool. All right. Thank you very much. It was, uh, it was very interesting. I, I can Thank see you. that uh, many questions were asked. So like, I, I uh -huh. can see there is a peak of interest. I mean, I, I, yeah. I feel it that way. Uh, so and what we do normally in this... Thank you. What we do normally in, in this show at that point is that we ask the, the VCs to say um, if they are interesting... Uh, in, in investing, yes or no. So again, not, not financial advice, 
yes, just mean that you're interesting to learn more and have follow-up discussions. Uh, and no means that you're not interested at this stage. It's not for you. So yes or no, Nico, yes or no. There's a lot of things I like here, right? Um, there's a lot of mistakes and I see a lot of Web3 gaming products, uh, companies and projects make that are not being made here. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely like interested to keep the conversation going. I would say learning about your seven and a half million seed raise at 75 million valuation. Um, I think the market, like that sounds to me like top bull run bell. And I would say that's, you know, raising over the next months, like I would say that a down round might be in the books for you. Like that's what the market's looking like right now. Good thing is that you're early, right? You still have some runway left um, and you still have time to prove things. I would say that in terms of traction and, you know, some of the KPIs that you're looking at, um, I don't, I think you still have some ways to go in order to raise like a strong series A given where you are right now. Um, but overall, like good direction, um, and um, yeah, something I'm uh, I'm interested to uh, to learn more about uh, as you move forward. I'm curious, right? There is enough there. I think I'll echo Nico. There's enough there to be curious about. Um, I am. There are concerns as well, right? Like there, you know, the the the, the focus uh, with the MMO there. I think there's there's some questions around that, and then, you know. I actually disagree with Nico a little bit in the sense that I see a lot of kind of Web3 game type of stuff uh, here where you at the same time, you know, are targeting a traditional gamer audience in the very near future. And I'm not sure that, you know, that particular approach, you know, the way kind of your site is structured, the way your Twitter is structured, kind of a lot of that is going to necessarily resonate with a traditional gamer. Um not to say that you you obviously have time and you know to kind of adjust things, but um, I think right now uh, you're still early uh, in, in in my view. Uh, but at the same time, there's there's some cool things there, and it would be interesting to kind of keep the conversation going. Yeah, thank you for the pitch. Um, I'm there's a disconnect happening in my head between four hundred thousand active players on Solana. And you guys having 300 daily active users, mostly around the fact that you've raised a decent amount of money. You have a good product. It, the, the gameplay looks solid. So I'm trying to understand where $7.5 million over the last year has led you to 300 users when there's 400K on Solana. So maybe some of the numbers are, are different or wrong, but that's that's something that's, that's tough for me to connect in my head. Um, same sentiment around please don't go build an MMO. It's expensive. It takes a long time and you have to, the IP just has to be out of this world strong. Um, so stay in the competitive space, leverage the UGC, do all that stuff. I'd love to see that. Very interested in continuing the conversation. The one caveat on my end is we invest in games that are willing and open to adding Tezos operability. Um, so it sounds like as a, a Solana backed company, that may be a, a potential issue, but we can navigate that. Um, you know, and, and see if there's an opportunity there. But otherwise, incredible game. I like the idea of, of what you're building around it. Um, and I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. It was really a fantastic episode. Had a lot of fun and great insights. I would thank you to everybody who participated today. Uh, I think so you'll have follow-up conversation. That's, that's great. And we're very excited to see what it's going to look like. 
So everyone, I tell you, uh, thanks again. And we'll see each other for next episode of The Tavern. Uh, have a good one. Bye. Everybody, thank you so much. That was, that was so good. Cheers.